0: Hello, this is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com, and today we're going to be talking about synchronicity, and in particular, uh, I'm going to be sharing, um, I have a book called Sweet Synchronicity, and I'm going to be sharing part of chapter one. Now, on the on the back of the book, uh, I talk about it a little bit. Uh, as I say, the book is both biography and memoir. This true story is based on the lives of Annie Bessant and the author. What happens when you discover a person in history whose life radically changes yours? What happens when your beliefs in reincarnation, synchronicity and fate come alive? Annie was a woman whose life was story was erased in history. Elizabeth has brought Annie to life again in a most unusual way. So that is um, a little blurb from the back of this book, um, which is on Amazon. Uh, But I think those of you who are interested in astrology and particularly uh, the nodes and what the nodes have to say about reincarnation and life direction and soul purpose, I think you're going to find this very interesting. Um, The book reads like like a novel um, but it's full of, of true and valuable information, so I hope you enjoy this today. And if you get something out of it, consider um, maybe putting up a review on uh, Amazon, uh, Apple Podcasts. That would be that would be wonderful. I'd like to know that you're listening, and thanks for dropping by today. Chapter 1. Finding Annie. It was a crisp October day in the upscale bucolic village of Litchfield, Connecticut. I was visiting my 75-year-old mother when, on an afternoon outing, we stumbled upon the kind of bookstore that barely exists anymore. Wooden beams framed the small cluttered interior of the room, overflowing with books, and a wood stove warmed the chilled air. I felt excited. Maybe there would be something here for me. I would have checked out the astrology section first, but instead bumped into a table over which hovered a curious sign, People Forgotten in History, and there she was, a woman staring from the cover of a book directly into my eyes. It was a slim book with the simple title of Annie Besant, followed by the subtitle, Passionate Campaigner for Social and Political Rights, Seeker After Spiritual Truth, and a Woman of Extraordinary Personal Courage. I looked at her face, young, earnest, intense, with dark eyes set between high cheekbones and framed with short curly brown hair. But it was her direct stare that defied any attempt to return her to the slush pile of books on the table. So Annie came home with me that day, and after dinner I returned to my childhood bedroom and began to read. It wasn't until dawn that I finally put the book down, finished and mesmerized, her story captured me, not just her struggles and defeats, but something about who she was, was so like me, although her life was so large and mine so small. Could this be just coincidence and serendipity? It felt as if there was instead a sweet synchronicity resonating between us. The next morning, my words were a torrent of jagged emotion as I tried to tell my mother about Annie. Now, when Annie was young, she was a minister's wife in a poverty-stricken area of England, where she anguished over the appalling conditions and pain that she saw. She felt that what women needed was to not have a life of continuous childbearing. She felt they needed to know about birth control. So she found a booklet on contraception in 1875 and gave it out to everyone, lots of people. She had it printed and distributed all over England, and it so enraged her husband that he brought her to trial, where the courts declared her an unfit mother for corrupting the morals of the young. Can you believe it? I caught my breath. Mother was busily spreading butter on her toast. Without saying a word, she got up and walked to the kitchen to get more coffee. They took her children away from her. My voice hovered between a scream and a plea for understanding. I took a deep breath and lowered my voice to a rational level. And after that, she led the match girls in a strike in London that changed everything for them. They were being poisoned by match chemicals, working a hundred hours a week or ten hours a day for a pittance. No comment from Mother. I wrapped my hands, tightened my grip around the chipped coffee mug I had long ago made for her as she poured me more coffee. Mother sat down and raised her eyelids. Life is cruel, but what can we do? were you reading all night that's not good for you honey and now you've got to go back and leave me here again she sighed i felt the usual twang of guilt but this time it was layered with a hopeless anger that we would never connect mother always felt abandoned when i left her home in connecticut for rhode island returning home to newport i made a straightaway for the redwood library on bellevue avenue Here in this private old library, there must be some dusty volume on the life of Annie Besant. I inquired. There was indeed such a book. The librarian handed me a faded red tome called The Passionate Pilgrim. Opening this hardcover book, I saw that it hadn't been signed out of the library for over 15 years. But there, on the inside cover of the book, was her full astrological birth chart. I gasped. Annie was born on october first, eighteen forty seven at five thirty nine PM and I was born october first, nineteen forty seven at five thirty four PM, the same day exactly one hundred years and five minutes apart. We were both Libras, with Aries rising and many aspects in our charts were similar a shiver went through me. As I read this second book, I found out that Annie was three-quarters Irish, same as me, but she was born in England, whereas I was born in New England. Annie was born Annie Wood, and I was born Janet Fenn. In marriage, she changed her name from Wood to Besant, and I changed from Fenn to Spring. When I was 40, I took my grandmother's first name, Elizabeth. I never felt that I was a Janet, but I felt close to my grandmother and loved her name, so I changed it. But surely this wasn't good, daughterly, etiquette. I was a wife and a mother like Annie. I was a woman with a strong Irish temper that came out in passionate letters to the editor and in marches for civil rights and equal rights amendments. I was not too different from many people of my generation, but Annie was a much more outrageous public woman in her time. She was consistently on the front page of the London Times for her aggravating attacks on British society. How dare she challenge their sex lives with birth control information and their businesses with labor strikes for, ch- uh, for women how dare she challenge the morality of the British hold on India, ultimately taking sides with the Indians till she became president of their national congress? And most outrageous of all, how dare she adopt a sickly Indian boy named Krishnamurti and raise him to become what the newspapers called him to be a messiah? Why had I never heard of this woman who challenged history in England and India? Was her story simply too outrageous for people to follow past her early social reforming years in London? Annie's life as a radical reformer was understandable. In fact, the BBC created a television series on her life that ended with those radical years in England but they stopped telling the story of her life when she became 40 years old. Was the second half of her life neglected or erased because it was too hard for most people to understand? I think so. My life would change radically when I was around the age of 40, the same age as Annie was when she wrote her first autobiography, something many people do towards the end of their life, not the middle. But there was a radical break in her life at that point, and in her autobiography, she began with a reflection on her horoscope and a small digression on the value of astrology. Being an astrologer myself, I knew two things. One, that even mentioning astrology was unusual for a woman who was born in 1847 and died in 1933. Unusual because astrology wasn't at all popular or accepted then. And two, that around the age of 40 is the astrological time of what is called the Uranus opposition, a time when most people make radical life changes. So it was not unusual for a change to occur in both of us then, but more interesting that we both became increasingly fascinated by astrology and spirituality at that same point in life. I pored over Annie's chart and my own. I'm a professional astrologer who accepts the influences of reincarnation on the chart and the theories of Carl Jung, particularly on synchronicity or meaningful coincidences. As I looked at the charts, I noticed there were differences but many similarities, aside from the fact that we were both Libras. My astrological niche is about the north and south nodes in the birth chart. These are the places where the reincarnational life story and life lessons interact, and this is where I caught my breath again. Annie's north node pierced through my sun sign like an arrow. Let me explain a little to those who may be interested in astrology. I recently wrote a book called North Node Astrology, Rediscovering Your Life Direction and Soul Purpose. The North Node, like a north star, guides us to where the soul wants to go and the experiences it wants to have or move towards, while the South Node represents what we want to move away from, our old karmic patterns best left behind. What was most compelling about comparing our charts was that We appear to have a soul connection, regardless of the time we each lived in and regardless of the outer facts of our lives. Annie's north node, the direction where the soul wants to move towards, conjoined or pierced my Libra sun sign, meaning that something about who I am might echo a soul wish of hers. It could be as simple as having a simpler, more peaceful life because I have my north node in the sign that longs for serenity, Taurus. Her south node, as reflective of the past and past lives, lodged itself right on my Aries rising sign, pointing to problems we both have faced, including indignation at social injustices. With Aries rising, there's a tendency to be a spiritual warrior. And, if we want to think bizarre, my moon, representing something of my maternal and emotional experience, aligns perfectly with Annie's Pluto, the lord of the underworld. Pluto is the planet representing death, rebirth, and life on the other side. Maybe it's not that strange, then, that I'm trying to reach a woman who's on the other side? So it was the nodal aspects of the charts that pointed to something unusual, synchronistic. And if I were talking to a client about the comparison of these two charts with these particular aspects, I would tell them that there was a very good chance these two people had some kind of connection via reincarnation. But that connection was what it was. It wasn't exactly clear. Were these similar life lessons, or was there a previous life connection or had one soul actually been born again in the other? Also, in comparison of the two charts, I saw that Annie and I had some of the usual heart-aching problems with mothers. The moon representing the mother in a chart. Annie had her moon in the maternal sign, sign of cancer, in a tenth square to unpredictable Uranus. And I had my moon in Aries in a tense square to of Mars. Annie's life with her mother was a source of great pain and instability for her, while my maternal relationship was almost abusive at times. All of this was interesting to contemplate at the time, but what was I to do with it? This isn't an astrology book, but in the last chapter, I'll share more observations with the reader about the charts. And I think that's where I'm going to stop for today. And there is more astrology through uh, the books um, here, uh, Sweet Synchronicity, uh, which is about finding Annie Besant and discovering Krishnamurti. Um, but it's really also my story. It is uh, it is a memoir uh, of a part of my life, a very important part. And um I love having the chance to share this with you today. And if um, if you love listening to this podcast, please uh, consider leaving a review or a star on a Apple podcast site. That would be wonderful. Um, and if you want to find out um, more about my work, it's under com. And this book, Sweet Synchronicity, Um, uh, Finding Annie Besant, Discovering Krishnamurti is on uh, Amazon.com Okay, that's going to be it for today I hope you've liked it Bye for now